What's up, everybody? Christ Church, how's it going? <laughs> it's like a delayed reaction. Christ Church, how's it going? Come on, everybody. Yeah. Such an incredible night already. Thank you guys so much. Isn't this band absolutely awesome? Come on now. I appreciate so much uh, every single week in and week out, them coming in, the production team and, and all, of, all of the surf team, um, Miss Sandy making coffee every single, every, having it ready, having that, everything just right. Let me, let me just tell you, if you haven't had an opportunity to get plugged into a serve team, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. All right, just to have an opportunity, whether it's throughout the week, whether it's uh, on Sunday to serve uh, the kingdom of God, right? That's what we, that's what we want to do. We want to build the kingdom of God, and the opportunity for you is to serve on a team. That's exactly what these guys are doing. I, I should introduce myself. My name is Amos. I'm the campus pastor here at Christ Church Ruston. And I appreciate Tom uh, doing the transition. He said, however, that this was going to be a fantastic message. So now I'm, I've got a little pressure. I appreciate that. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I was hoping to start a little bit lower and work my way up. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, though. Thank you. Thank you. I might need the notes later. We'll see. We'll see. Man, I'm so excited to see everybody tonight. It's Christmas time, everybody, okay? So let me tell you a little bit about me. I have, uh, I have a lot of bad things about me, okay? One of those is my wife likes to tease me about being a Christmas Scrooge, okay? Oh, oh, oh. No, but it's, it's, I'm, it's not too bad, not too bad. I'm going to tell you, ever since I had kids... I've changed a lot. You know, I love, I love to watch them experience the magic of Christmas. And you probably have seen some, some kids, maybe you've interacted with some kids, maybe you have a kid of your own or some grandkids. You've watched them experience the magic of Christmas. And you know how it is. You get uh, the Christmas Eve night, you get all excited because the next morning there's a lot of stuff going on, if you know what I mean. You've got presents and gifts and food. And how many like the food? How many like the food? Yes, that's what we are about <laughs> down here in the South. That's right. We've got some food and we've got family get-togethers and all of that. And it's just magical. Like you, you, you go to bed the night before and you lay down and your eyes are wide open as a kid. I'm old now, so I fall asleep really fast. But you, maybe you remember those times as a kid. You, you lay there in the bed, and you're waiting for the next day. The next day was going to be huge. And I remember myself as a kid. I'd lay there, and my eyes would be wide open. My heart would be beating a million miles a minute. And I could not wait. I would try to force. I'd try to will myself asleep. Maybe you've been there in expectation and anticipation of the very next day. Well, I remember this one time, I was thinking about this today, I remember this one time where my, I convinced my little sister when we were very young to try to stay up the entire Christmas Eve night. And I had the evil plan of sending her in to wake my parents up in the morning so we could start the festivities early. So I sent her in about 3 a.m. 
<laughs> and they sent her right back. It didn't work. It didn't work. How many remember that? I, now I get to experience my own kids, and I get to watch them in that same process, and it's so much fun. It's so much fun to watch them. They're wide-eyed and waiting for the next day, waiting for all the family get-together, the food and presents and all of that. And it's so much fun to watch them and watch them navigate that. I want to go to sleep, but I can't go to sleep. My heart's beating a million miles a minute. And, and you, the, you know this, I know this, is that when it's like that, there's, there's just no rest because there's no peace. You're just so excited. You can't be peaceful for one second. You can't rest and you can't go to sleep because you're so, so excited. Because of Christmas the next, the next day. Something else is, I, something else is we, you know, Lindsay and I work with our kids on sleeping. There's one more thing, especially for my youngest, especially for Frank, and I, I seem to tell stories about Franklin a lot. Permit me one more story about Franklin. Franklin is just a little bit scared of the dark. And so you know, as a, as a parent, there's this tension of how much light do we turn on in the room? He prefers them all, he prefers them all on, versus how much dark do we let the room go? Because he's so scared of the dark. He's scared of the shadows. In fact, we had this conversation just the other day about the shadows and about what, it, what, what shadows were. He was scared of some of the shadows. And you know how it is. The light cast uh, a shadow on something and it, it's on the wall. And he said, what's that? And it's a shadow. And he was scared of it. In fact, he, I could not get him to go to sleep because he was so fixated on the shadows in the room, and there was no peace. He couldn't get any rest because he was concentrating on the darkness, on the uncertainty of the room. He was concentrating on the shadows, on the things that he couldn't see, on the things that, that he didn't know about, and that's the reason he couldn't find peace. And you know this, I know this. As a parent, if I can just get his mind off of the shadows, if I can just get his mind off of the darkness in the room, I can get him to go to sleep. I can get him to rest. He will find peace. Now, that sounds really trivial and it sounds elementary, but if I'm just being honest today, there are some times in my life when there are some shadows, there are some dark places, there are some worries that I have, and it might not look exactly the same. It might not be that I'm laying in my bed worried about darkness in the room. But it might be that there are worries and distractions in my own life. There might be that there are some insecurities that I carry. And there are shadows. There are these dark places that, of uncertainty that I'm not really sure about. And if I'm just being honest with you, if I'm, we're being honest with each other, I would say that because of those dark places, because of those shadows, because of those worries and doubts, about those insecurities, then what happens is, is I'm unable to find peace. I'm a, un, and because of that, I'm unable to find rest. Maybe you've experienced something like that yourself. Maybe there's some things in your life. Maybe there are some worries that you have. Maybe there are some insecurities that you have as well. Maybe there are some things in your life that if you could just take your focus off of, maybe you could have some rest. Maybe you could have 
some peace. And I don't know what you walked in with today. I'm sure there's a ton of things that we could all go through. If we listed them out, we could just go down through the list and probably I've worried about most of them. There's some things like just Christmas season coming up, you know. There's an expectation of, of gifts and, and how, how, are, how do we provide gifts for all of our family members. And it seems like the expectation was, was more than the year before. And where does that resource come from? Where does the income come from in order to pay for those gifts? Maybe there are some here today and, and you've been dealing with your child. Maybe you're dealing with your grandchild or a family member and you're worried, did I, was I too harsh with them? You know, was I, was I not harsh enough? And there's this worry, there's this shadow, if you will. There's this darkness of insecurity. You're not really sure. Maybe some of you are going into some family situations this year, and in those family situations, you know, things have changed this year. Things are a little bit different, and you're not really sure what to expect and not really sure how to interact. And will people accept you? Will people not accept you? Will you love? Will you not love? Because things are a little different. And all of those things are shadows. There's this darkness. There's this insecurity. There's uncertainty about those places. Maybe, maybe you're asking the question. We have a ton of students in the room today. Maybe you're asking the question. And you're like, well, I'm really young, and everyone expects me to know everything, have it all together, and I can't wait until I'm older because when I'm older, I'll, I'll have everything together. Maybe you're a little older in the room, and you're saying, I'm older, and everyone expects me to have everything together. And I wish I was a little younger and had a little more energy and opportunity so that ever, I could get everything together. Maybe there's those little pieces, those little shadows of darkness, of insecurity, of uncertainty. The truth is, is that we deal with those worries and we deal with those insecurities, those uncertainties in so many different ways, right? We could go through a list of how we deal with those. One of the ways that I deal with those, maybe you can, maybe you can understand this, is I try to control everything. I feel like if I can control every piece, every single part of the situation, if I can manipulate all the players on the board, then I can generate peace. I can generate rest. You and I both know that there's no way that I can actually control everything. But isn't that something that we try? Isn't that something that we do all the time? We try to control everything. If I could just manipulate every piece, if I could just control it all, then what will happen is I will generate a perfect peace. But you and I know that that's not possible. We have enough trouble controlling ourselves. When's the last time that someone said something about a close friend or a family member and you felt the emotions well up inside of you and you said something back and you didn't want to say it, but you couldn't control your own self in that moment? And maybe there was a time when there were emotions well up and you thought something that you probably shouldn't have thought. And you might have had the illusion of control, but the illusion of control is not really control at all. The first way 
that we try to generate our own pieces, that we try to control it all. Another way we do, and you've, you've probably seen this, maybe you've seen a friend do this, but you put your faith in the wrong thing. Maybe you put your faith in an organization or an entity or maybe even the government. You know, if we, do, if we put our faith in these things, then they can generate a perfect peace. We hear the, uh, those discussions all the time, right? If the government had more control, then they could create peace. If the government had less control, then they could create peace. Or maybe if we just got all the world leaders in the room, maybe they could have this big discussion and discuss some peace, and then we would have peace. But that never works. Maybe if we just got a few people in the room that came up with a great plan, then we would have peace, but that never works as well. And if we've learned anything from history, anything from uh, history from the time that the world began all the way till now is that humans are awful at creating perfect peace. In fact, we have never had one day of perfect peace. You know, there's an old saying where there's people, there's problems, right? So where there's problems, there's never perfect peace. So sometimes we try to control everything. Sometimes we rely on the wrong thing. We put our faith in the wrong thing. And I want to submit to you today, you may have heard a phrase like this, but peace isn't the absence of tension. It's the presence of God. Peace isn't the absence of tension. It's the presence of God. And what I thought we could do today is let's, let's look into Scripture. Let's look into the Christmas story, actually, and, and talk a little bit about peace. We're going to turn to the book of Luke, which is the third gospel in the New Testament, third book in the New Testament. And in the book of Luke, there is a famous chapter. I'm sure that you've probably read part of this chapter. Maybe you've read all of this chapter. You've probably seen it read in movies or maybe even in a television show. Maybe some of you have a tradition to read it on Christmas Day. But in the second chapter of Luke, there is a beautiful telling, a beautiful reading of the Christmas story. And what I wanted to do today is read part of it. Now, I'm not going to start at the very beginning. You, we all know that there is Joseph and there's Mary. And, and we, we know the circumstance in which they, they get to the stable. And then there's Jesus. He's born on, uh, on the night, right? And the, where I want to pick up today in Luke 2, verse 8, is the night of of Jesus' birth. All right, so if you have your Bible, maybe you have your phone, maybe you want to follow along with this screen, we're going to start in Luke 2, verse 8. This is what it says. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, let me just paint the picture for you just a second. I want you to think about these shepherds. The Bible says they're guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes we think of shepherds and we think of those who are just like feeding and watering sheep. But these shepherds, these professional shepherds, that was only part of what they did. These shepherds are on guard. And by the way, the Bible says not only they're guarding the flock of sheep, but it's nighttime, so it's dark. And no one has those big spotlights. No one has the iPhone flashlight. It's dark. 
And in, in this area, in this Bethlehem area, right now you can go and there are three types of predators. There are jackals, there are panthers, and there are wolves. And then we have some recordings of before the Crusades, there, there were actually lions and bears in the same vicinity. So there are a ton of predators right there where the shepherds are guarding their sheep. So get this picture, it is dark and they are on guard. It's intense. I can imagine that they're listening. I can imagine that they're watching as best they can because there are lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Maybe not the tigers. So it's intense and they are ready. The next verse says, verse 9 says, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Now, they catch a lot of flack in this for being terrified. Sometimes I've heard people talk about the, these shepherds being terrified. Why were they terrified? But let me just tell you, if it's completely dark, and anything happens suddenly, like the Bible says, it's going to terrify you, especially if you're on guard, especially if you're watching for, for predators. I'll tell a story on myself. You know, I used to, my dad was a pastor, and we had a, a room, an auditorium, much like this. And for whatever reason, the exit, one of the last exits to lock was uh, on the side of the stage, but the light switch was at the very door. And I remember as a young kid, my dad would stand at the exit the last locking exit, and he would send me all the way to the other side of the room to turn the lights off. And I'm telling you, I am not a fast person. <laughs> but I can move pretty quick. When it's completely dark, I'd flip those lights off. And I know light travels at an unreal speed, but I'm pretty sure that I beat the light out <laughs> all the way to the exit. Because it was dark. And I was on guard. And the, so the disciples are sitting there, and then all of a sudden, suddenly this angel appears. And it's a bright light. And, God, and they deliver. God delivers a message through the angel in this moment. Verse 10 says this, Luke 2.10. But the angel reassured them, right? Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Here's verse 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now you have to understand how my mind works here because I'm trying to understand exactly what's going on. Now there's a heavenly being delivering a heavenly message from a heavenly light about a heavenly king. And you're going to find him in some strips of cloth that we throw away and in an animal's food bin. And I can imagine the shepherd's mouth just dropped open. What? And maybe if it were me, I probably would have asked them to repeat it. You know, because you don't want to miss something that's really important. And maybe the angel kind of said it again. Who knows? And then, the next verse, again, with the suddenlies. Verse 13, suddenly. I'm sure they, were, they didn't want any more suddenlies after this, and probably they're so terrified, right? Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, 
praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And almost like if they were, I don't know if this is true. I, I don't know, maybe I'm just seeing things. Almost just to emphasize the point, the whole sky is filled with heaven's armies. And they're singing glory and praise to God. Verse 15, when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. I can just imagine when they got to Bethlehem, the anticipation of going through the streets and, and around every corner. Remember, their clues are the baby is going to be in, in uh, strips of cloth and it's going to be in an a- animal's food bin. And I can imagine that around every corner they're looking, is this the corner? Is this the corner? And the anticipation builds and builds and builds and they're probably wide-eyed and talking amongst themselves. People are wondering what's going on, and they make their way through until finally they turn around the very last corner, and they see them. There's Mary, and there's Joseph, and there in the animal's food bin lay the king of kings, the lord of lords, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. And there, they worshiped the Savior. They experienced the presence of God like no one had ever experienced before. There, in this little stable, an animal's food bin, And they were changed. They had experienced the presence, the very presence of God. This is what the Bible says, verse 17, Luke 2. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel has said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. So they have this life-changing interaction, visiting in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of the universe. And when something like that happens, you tell everybody. And I can imagine the same group of shepherds who had just bustled through the city get up and they turn around and now they're running back through and they're letting it be known there's something special that's right over there. There's something that you need to see. There's something that's that's different than anything that you've ever felt before. It's different than anything you've ever experienced before because this is the presence of of God. I love it. They left their change. Now here's in this next verse, in verse 20, there's something I've read that I've never really seen before. And I wanted to show it to you. So if, if you're just kind of tuning in right now, don't, don't miss this point, okay? This is, this is so, so important. Verse 20 says this, the shepherds, 
went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now get this picture. Here are the shepherds that experience the presence of God in a whole new way, something that they've never experienced before. They go tell people, and then that night, they return back to the darkness. They return back to the place, the same place where the predators were before, the same place where they needed so desperately to keep watch. But this time, they returned different than before. This time, they were glorifying and praising God. You see, you see, peace is not like this particular environment that you find. And peace isn't ever the absence of the worry or the darkness or the shadows in your life. Peace isn't the absence of hurt or pain or the absence of something that may have happened to you in the past, or maybe even something that's going to happen to you in the future. That's not what peace is. Peace isn't the absence of the tension that we experience in life. Peace is the presence of God. And the truth is, is that we all have these fields that we're going back to, these pastures. We have a job to do. And I wish I could tell you that everything would be just perfect. I wish I could tell you that there would be no hurt, there would be no pain, and that everything would just turn out just right. But the truth is, is that's not what peace is. Perfect peace isn't when everything is perfect. Perfect peace is when you're in the presence of your creator, the presence of the king, the presence of God with us. That's why the angels said, peace on earth. And I don't know what you came in with today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know that there are some things in your life, there are some worries, there's some trouble that you have. And for some of you, maybe you've convinced yourself that you can control your way out of it. You can control your way out of all these particular hurts or worries, or maybe it's a habit that you've developed. Maybe some of you, you've, you've turned to an organization, you've turned to something, and you're like, you know what, this, this can help me. And if I just put my faith in this group, or I put my faith in this, in, in this government, maybe they can create a perfect peace for me. And some of you are like, if I can just get to a different environment, if I could just surround myself in a different place, then that would bring about peace. But let me just tell you, peace is not the absence of tension. Peace is the presence of God. And so if you want to experience a peace, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that's perfect in every single way, it's never brought about by your control and it's never brought about by a group of people who are human. It's always brought about by the presence of of God, if you want to experience perfect peace, then it has to be through Jesus. And maybe there are some people here today and you've gone to church for a long time and, and you're like the, you're like the great, great perfect Christian. 
but there are still some worries in your life. And honestly, everything's pretty good, but there's some things that you're concerned about. Maybe 2020's kind of brought that up. Maybe there is some sickness or pain or some family issues that's going on right now. And you wish so badly that everything was perfect and it was peaceful. And if you want to experience a perfect peace, let me tell you that peace is not the absence of those things, but it's the presence of Jesus in your life. Maybe there's someone here today and you've never experienced the presence of God in your life. Maybe, maybe you're just hearing this and you're like, I, I just wish that I could experience the presence of God for once in my life. And let me just tell you, today is a good day. Because we don't have to have an angel announce his presence because he's here. And he wants to give you a peace and a hope that can't even be described. A peace that passes all understanding. A peace that's so perfect. And all you have to do is ask him. Because he wants to change your life. He wants to make you a new person, a person that's not reliant on your own control and not reliant on some human entity completely reliant on him. So here's what I wanted to do. We're going to end the service in just a minute. It's almost over, but I'd like for everyone to close their eyes and bow their head in the room today. I don't know if if that's you. I don't know if you're maybe one of the one, maybe you're one of the many and you want to experience a peace. And honestly, you could use some peace in your life right now. You could use some hope in your life right now. Things look kind of bleak. And you've tried everything that you've known to try. And let me just ask you a question. Why keep, why keep doing what's not working? Because today, you can take a step in being a new creation in Him. Let me tell you, God has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a calling for you. He wants to take those things that you thought could never be used, and He wants to use them for building His kingdom. And maybe that's you today. If, if you're feeling His call on your life, and you want to experience his perfect peace. I just want you to, no one's looking around. I want you to slip your hand up. I want you to slip your hand up and let me know. I'm not going to embarrass you. not going to call you out. I just want to know, is this something the Lord is dealing with you right now? Maybe there's some people in the room and you know what? You, you're... Your, have, your relationship with God is great, but there are some worries. There are some things that you need to hand over to Him. And you know what? If we're just being honest, you've not completely given it to Him. Maybe you've been trying to control it. Maybe you've been focused in a little bit and there's, you put your faith maybe in the wrong thing. And I'm going to ask you, maybe just, just between you and God, if, if that's you this, today, let's just raise our hand. Let's acknowledge that to Him. God, I'm going to give that to you right now I can't control it and I've put my faith in the wrong things but I want to give it to you 
thank you. Thank you for those hands. I'd love to pray with you for just a second. Let's keep our heads bowed and eyes closed. God, thank you so much for the love that you have for us. Thank you for the perfect peace that you want to make available to us. Thank you for the understanding that you have. Thank you for being such a good God, a loving God, a a God of grace and mercy. God, thank you for the calling and the purpose that you have on the people's here life. Lord God, thank you for the love. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to grow close to you and to connect with you through your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that for everyone here, for every heart here who is seeking after the perfect peace that can only be found in you, I pray that they turn to you today. And God, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that you are the Lord. You are king we simply want to be in your presence. In Jesus' name. And come on, everyone said amen. Amen.